Hey everybody, Robert Kennedy III here, RK3, that's me, and welcome to What's My Story, the show where we talk about pivotal moments in people's lives that move them from there to here. We want to know what's going on, what happened, how did they navigate it, what was the secret sauce? Let's talk about it right now. What's to the show today it's gonna be fabulous and i can't wait to share my guests and her story with you but before we go any further i just want to shout out our sponsor for this episode press and sew if you have an idea and you want everyone to know then you've got to hook up with press and sew andrew and sylvia nixon will take your idea from concept to creation helping you to create a message and a mission and a brand that stands out above the rest press and sew we'll hear a bit more about them later but head on over to press Enso.com to check them out. So what's my story? What is my story? I don't know if you had a chance to check out the audio trailer for this show yet, but if you haven't, head over to what's my story podcast.live. That's where we'll host the audio versions of the show. It'll be on all the main podcast directories, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, Spotify, etc. They will be there. So the idea for this podcast really came about as I was thinking about my own life and my own story. As I've spoken on stages and facilitated some sessions, I've shared my story of being told that I talk too much as a child and shutting up to now being a speaker and a trainer who works with corporate leaders and entrepreneurs on confident communication and building influence through story. And as I've told my story, I've told it because I felt like it would connect with the audience. But it wasn't until somebody came to me with tears in their eyes after this gig, telling me, telling me how much my story meant that I really realized how important my story was. My story helped someone else recognize their own potential and resolve to be more. My story needed and does need to be told more and more and more. And so I began to wonder, are there people who are missing out on being more because they see the lives of others as impossible feats not meant for them? So that's why we're here. We want to tell stories and share stories that help people know that success is possible and it's possible for people just like them. We'll have people with a story share their story so we can inspire people to live their own story and ultimately tell their own story because your story deserves a stage. So let's get to the story. I've got a guest today. She's fabulous. Pam Perry is an award-winning communications professional who teaches authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs how to build a platform and attract major media and publishing contracts. She is a trailblazer in ministry marketing who crafted PR campaigns for best-selling author clients like T.D. Jakes, Cindy Trim, Bishop Charles Ellis, Taffy Dollar, and Dr. Fred Price. Pam Perry, what is your story? How you doing today, Pam? What's happening? Hold on. I think you know what? I muted you. Go ahead. There we go. I muted you. Go for it. <laughs> Don't mute me. Don't mute me. I have something to say. No, yeah. oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Robert, for having me. Yes, it is. It's just um, 
you know how they always say gospel singers like where did you get your start why well, started yeah. in the church so you got like kurt franklin yolanda adams cc and bb winans all of that you know i'm from detroit clark sisters it all started in the church well with really a lot of us who have gifts and skills they were sharpened yeah. in the church and that was me as well even though i didn't sing not don't sing, yeah. Ain't sing right now <laughs> but that's where it started it really started with the church and the love for books my pastor yeah. grew up next door to me he had a fabulous library and i love promoting what he did because he was amazing reverend uh, Joseph R. Jordan. He was amazing. He went on to be glory, but he was amazing. And I yeah. wanted everyone to know him. I wanted yeah. everybody to yeah. know him. Yeah. So let's talk. I mean, even before we dive into your story, let's talk a little bit about how, you know, I was going to say how fabulous you are, but because you are fabulous, uh, how amazing you are, all the different things that you've got going on. You've got this magazine that I had the opportunity to be a part of. Yeah. Last year, Speakers Magazine. Tell us about that you a little were, bit and what you've got going yeah. on with that. Oh my God, since the pandemic, right? It started in 2017. It had a bit of a mm -hmm. twist in 2020, but this yeah. was the cover that, that story that you were in and we were talking about how to stand out post-pandemic. And yeah. uh started because I really wanted a lot of my speakers, authors to have shine and they weren't getting the shine I felt they deserved. They weren't getting on the covers of the magazines. They weren't really being promoted as much as I thought as they should in traditional media. And I said, hey, you know, we don't have to wait for the media. We don't have to wait for the gatekeepers. We can create our own publication. There was some other publications that would always highlight their own. And I said, we're going to highlight our own. Just like the Black press had the Black newspapers, there's Black radio, now there's Black magazines, and now there's specialty Black magazines. And that's exactly what this is. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And, and and I think there's a lot of work that you put into it because, I mean, I get it in my mailbox every month. And listen, it's wow. not one of those. It's not like a paper thin newsletter. It's glossy. It's fabulous. It's you it's can tell. have gloss. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there are people in there. There's a lot of great information in there. So I, I want to encourage everybody to go check out Speakers Magazine. We'll share a little bit more about that later on in, in the podcast or in the show here. But let's start out with this, Pammy. Pam, I called you Pammy. You probably, your family probably calls you that. Yeah, but no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. but so, so here's the deal. The reason, again, that we start this, we did this show is because we really want to help people inspire, inspire people to move forward because we believe that people can do it. People can accomplish dreams with the right motivation, with the right catalyst, with the right mm -hmm. impetus. And so you are somebody, you've had dreams for a very long time, but, you know, like most other people at the beginning, you weren't maybe not clear on what that was or or what you needed to do. So tell us about the genesis. I mean, you're an award-winning PR uh, publicist. Tell us about the genesis or the beginning of this. You know, it's real interesting, Robert, because my daughter asked me yesterday about that. She asked mm -hmm. me, she says, what was your biggest leap of growth that you had? What, what years was that? And I was it high school? Was it college? Was it after college? And Aubrey's 24. And I said, really was my entire 20s, but primarily after college, because you really pretty much while you're in school, you're told what to do. You do this, this, and this. But after college, you really, it's like, hey, this is your life. You can really draw it any way you want. And so I knew 
from the very beginning that I wanted to go into advertising and public relations. I knew that from high school. Um, like I said, I grew up next door to my pastor. He even kind of spoke that over my life as a teenager. So when I went off to college, majored in journalism and PR, um, I grew up in the city of Detroit and during the Motown era. I'm a baby boomer. I turned 60 last year. And one of the things that I always wanted to do was to be around magazines and newspapers and radio and television. I love the entire field. So when I got out of college, majored in journalism, I went to go work at the Detroit Free Press. I worked in the advertising department, but I also was a stringer and I wrote stories and I love writing feature stories about successful people. And I wrote about successful black people. Little did I know that that would be a clue to what I would be doing later in life. Because yeah. the Free Press was a general magazine, but they a newspaper, but they didn't write a lot about African Americans, and I felt that that was my calling to do. I really felt that about really championing for Black people way before Black Lives Matter. But even mm. when I was in college, and I always looked around, and I was like, there aren't a lot of Black people here. Now I grew up in the city of Detroit, eighty percent Black. Black neighborhood, Black church, Black high school, had a thousand people in my class, majority Black. And so when I go to college, I'm looking around like, where are the Black people? And then when yeah. I go into the world, I'm like, where are the Black people? And so I always felt like we should spotlight us because we were not the majority and, we, we, and our voices needed to be heard. And that just really carried forth throughout my entire career. When I say my entire career, I worked for Black radio stations. I worked for Black uh, Christian television stations. I started Black organizations, Blacks in Advertising, Radio, and Television. I did career conferences. I've always been a champion for those that are coming up behind us because we stood on someone's shoulders. So yeah. I knew that I had to have other people stand on our shoulders. And that's always been something. That's what Speakers Magazine is for Black speakers. And yeah. before that, I had Chocolate Pages, which was for Black authors. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much always been a theme of mine. Yeah. So you say always. And, and I think a, a lot of us who have a story or who have found purpose in our lives or found passion in our lives, we kind of feel like it's it's been always. But is there a moment that you remember where you kind of said, you know what? This could be it. Or, you know, is 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 this the thing? Is was there a challenge or a struggle that you really kind of went through and faced where you where you said where it kind of made you realize, okay, this is putting me on a certain path? I would say, you know, it I won't say it was always, but it mm -hmm. was majority a time when it would become where I'm connecting people and communicating a problem or issue or letting other people know about something that's going on. Wasn't big into politics. It wasn't from that standpoint. But I remember in high school, there was an organization. Again, it was called DECA, uh, Distributive Education. I don't know. It was some kind of business organization. And so yeah. our high school was primarily Black, and we would travel to these competitions and the competitions were from all over. And our little group of black people were just like a minute thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my goodness. I said, we're really not um, we're not winners. We're not prepared. Detroit Public Schools wasn't as advanced as maybe the other schools were. And I said, we've yeah. got to do something about that. And so we ended up doing a newsletter. We ended up uh, organized like organizations where we would actually practice and do that sort of thing. So I would say whenever I would see that there was a problem or we weren't uh, not um we were, were minimized, I guess you would say. And it would people, a lot of people would felt like, well, we really don't 
deserve to be here. You know, people say, oh, you need a seat at the table. You know, I always felt like that. I always felt like we needed a seat at the table. I mean, I'm like Mm -hmm. 60 years old and I definitely grew up during that era. You know, when I was born, the Voting Rights Act was not even enacted, right? Mm -hmm. So I always felt that. I felt that was part of my calling. Uh, Martin Luther King was always a, a, a great hero of mine, not just lip service, but always. So it it worked its way into my career, into the skill set that I had in terms of writing, media, communicating. That's what I use my skill for to advance the agenda for Black communicators, for authors and speakers, because they have a mes- message to say, and I'm just there to help promote them, to say it to more people. Yeah. So yeah. I... I, I... I, I know a little bit more than some other people, but there's a specific story I want you to tell as well about your pastor. And so kind of how you got involved in some of this. <laughs> somebody somebody recognizing something in you maybe before you recognized it in yourself. So right. this kind of felt like, you know, that that early seed of yeah. of PR. So share with us that story. So my pastor, who grew up next door to me, and I went to church with him every Sunday with his family. He had a daughter who was a child prodigy who could play the piano and was just amazing. He had a daughter who could really do a lot of uh, acting. I guess you would say she was beautiful. She was just one of those people that had that stage presence immediately. And then the son who was doing like the technical thing around the scenes and he could do the video and the taping and all that kind of stuff. And then there was me. So we would have these type of events and they were put together beautifully, but no one wasn't, I didn't think it was enough people there to see it. So my gift would be to go and promote. So I would do flyers. I would do phone calls. I would knock on doors before there were door hangers. I would do those type of things to let people know you've got, you've got to come to this place. You've got to come and check out our play, our gospel, whatever it is that we were doing. And um, so Reverend George just kind of looked at me one day. He says, you're going to do PR for Jesus. I'm like, what? What is PR? <laughs> and he said, public relations. I'm like, public relations? What is public relations? At this point, I'm like 13, 14 years old. I think we yeah. had had a debutante at that point. It was like a debutante where women, you know, are in a contest. And so I would promote that as well. I was in it and I would also promote it. And he was just like, everywhere you go, you're promoting something. And that's when he said that. And so when I looked up public relations, I started, went to the library, looked it up and I was like, ooh, that does sound like me. And I looked it up and I said, you know what, I'm going to advertising public relations in the journalism school at Wayne State University. And that's what I did. And I've been in it ever since. Some people will have skipped around to different parts, but public relations is so broad that yeah. I've been in it my entire career for 30 plus years. So I've never had to leave it. Now it's changed because of the you know, online things. And that part, I love digital marketing. So I have never been bored with the entire career. My first time of really doing anything um, different may be in like doing newsletters and things like that. Because Speakers Magazine was not my first magazine. I've had three more before that. And they've all failed. Uh, because they were different business models. I didn't understand the certain parts of it. But the first magazine I had was Soul Source. And we did three issues. It was beautiful. Everybody loved it. But there was no advertising in it. So hold on, before you go into that, I I, I want to I want people to hear some of these challenges because a lot of times we see people and we kind of feel like oh you know they've got it all made they're they're an overnight success took me twenty years to become an overnight success right so I want people to hear some of those challenges and that Speakers Magazine which we saw beautifully just now was not your first your PR company that you run now was not your first 
What no. were some no. of the challenges that my you first, went through? Oh my God. I, you Hold know, on, before, you get there, before you get there, I, I know you're like bubbling. You're excited to share the challenges too, right? I want to just oh, jump yeah. back for a second to our sponsor. I want to make sure that everybody remind un, understands uh, some of the ma amazing uh, things that you have available to you. So I want to jump over to our sponsor just for a moment, Press and Sew, because they have been so kind to create some visibility for us for this episode. And so I just want to share a quick message from them. And then we're going to come back to Pam Perry in just a moment. Whatever your marketing needs, whether that's a t-shirt or a mug, a pen, a pad, or a calendar, whatever it is you need to be able to get your idea out there, contact Press and Sew. We help you take your ideas from concept to creation. Contact Press and Sew. Go to Press and Sew, P-R-E-S-S-N-S-O-W.com. Press and Sew. We're here for all of your marketing needs. All right. All right. Listen, so glad that we were able to get in touch with Press and Sew, Sylvia and Andrew Nixon. Head on over to PressandSew.com, P-R-E-S-S-N-S-O-W.com so that they can help you bring your idea and your vision to life. So listen, just before we jump in, I just want to hop back over to some of the comments here. Liz Keith is saying, oh, my gosh, I want to hear about the fails. <laughs> because fails are on the way to success. I guess you have a friend here, Sharon Washington, saying, yeah, you brought that chair to the table. Love it, love it, love it. I exactly. love Sharon. <laughs> yeah, Sharon's an awesome, awesome person. Um, great competitive spirit to doing Who's better. That Mark Pe Who's Mark Perry? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Ursula Odom. Yeah. Ursula Odom is talking about spotlighting us. I think you were talking about the specialty. Oh, here's, here's what she said. The specialty black magazine movement. Love it. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Ursula. We also had Dr. Johnny Parker joining us, piping in. We had Kevin Jones piping in. Uh, we have Chris Wood piping in. So listen, y'all, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We are, again, first episode of the What's My Story podcast. It's been amazing to hear Pam Perry start so far. We're going to be back next week with, well, Pam's not going to be back next week. I will, with somebody else. 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for episode two of the What's My Story podcast. But let's jump back in. Pam was ready to share her Ooh. fails with us. And you know that it's amazing when you can be excited about your fails, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing that I have to tell people now. Being yeah. an entrepreneur is cool now, right? But mm -hmm. it wasn't cool maybe so long ago, being a solopreneur, entrepreneur. A lot of people couldn't really even spell the word. So yeah. I remember being, uh, I guess you would say, going from different positions and things like that and being let go or being fired. Yeah. And so during those episodes of when I was fired, I was like, I couldn't understand, like, why am I fired? But sometimes if a job is not a fit for you, you won't leave. They have to ask you. OK, that's that's really what it is. Like, you're not a fit for this job. You need to go. And so I was fired from a job and uh, I forgot what job that was. Oh, it was an ad agency and it yeah. was an advertising agency that I really thought I could bring a lot of uh business to them and that sort of thing. And 
what happened is that it wasn't a good fit. Not that I, I'm still friends with the people, but I wasn't the salesperson. I should have been in a different position, maybe in the creative space. So anyway, so wrong spot. So I fired yeah. from that job and said, well, you know what? I'm going to start my own agency. I'm really good at, and so that's that age, like I'm in my 20-somethings. I'm really good at uh, doing special events and planning meetings. So I'm going to mm-hmm. do this company called Special Events and Meeting Planners. And I did this company, Special Events and Meeting Planner. I got a little in a little incubator. I got a little word processor. And I'm going to just go call on do- call, knock on doors and call on. And I think I did one event. It was for UNCF, United Negro College Fund. And it wow. was at a golf club. And we sent out the invitations. I did everything. I did, you know, long story short, while you're doing it, after that event is over, where's your money going to come? Because I had not put in any sales to do the next event, right? I had one event that I worked on for literally a year. Mm-hmm. I didn't have another client. It's like, what are you going to, how are you going to eat now? I mean, it was just crazy. I was like, okay, so that business, you need to go get a job. So that's one thing. And I just remember from so many times of being unhappy in a position or in a job, and I was thinking, like, I really need to do my own thing. Now, when you right. first start doing your own thing, you're not going to make a lot of money. When I started Ministry Marketing Solutions, basically, I had left the, I was Director of Public Relations at the Salvation Army, and I was mm-hmm. on a hiatus. I just had my daughter, and I said, I'm not going back. I'm not going back after I have this, have my daughter. And so, it was a period of time, my husband had a company, and I said, I'm going to go work with you. Now, his company, again, was like, it was he had an advertising company, but it was really automotive. Now, obviously my calling is right to work with speakers and authors and those messengers that have these big stories, right? They want to change the world. Automotive suppliers, not so much, but anyway, I'm going to work in his company. I'm the vice president of public relations and I'm doing my thing with his company and I'm bringing in the type of clients that he probably wouldn't work with if I didn't bring them in. And it was a bit of a mishmash. All right. So Ooh, he has the automotive, okay. automotive suppliers and I'm bringing in these ministries. I'm bringing in gospel uh, uh, singers, uh, nonprofit groups, things that probably are like, we're really more corporate. And see, I'm not that corporate girl. I'm more like, let's let's change the world. So anyway, long story short, that company did go under after okay. 10 years. Well, I, don't, I won't say it was my fault, but because it was automotive, a lot of automotive clients during that time, Chrysler went out of business, right? So a right. lot of things just changed in the automotive field. And I just heard God say to me, you're going to start your own company and it's going to be Ministry Marketing Solutions. My daughter, mm-hmm. our daughter was at that time, probably, what, less than five years old. And Mark was not working. I was not working. And and I, he's looking at me like, God told you to do what? You don't have any clients and you're going to work from home. It's like, why don't you go get a job? At a certain point in time, I tried. I could not find one. And it's like, okay, the doors are closed for a reason because you're supposed to do that. That was 20 years ago. Yeah. Companies years old now. And I, I remember thinking like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, this is really irresponsible for us not to have jobs. And we have this child, right? And we have a house and all this. And I remember just really just saying, okay, God, you're going to have to prove to me that I really heard you. And I remember getting on the elevator and the first person who I see on the elevator asked me my name and what I do. And I told him, I yeah. said, I have a company, a PR firm, and I work with uh, ministries. He says, really, what type? And, you know, long story short, he says, well, I have a gospel play I'd like you to promote. Like that. That was my first client on the elevator. On the way down from our office building where we had an entire staff of 10 people and we were leaving out 
to really like just pack up and go. And this person says, tell me more. And so you have to be ready. That's why I always tell people you have to be ready. And so I really told him exactly what it is. And he says, can you do the promotions for our gospel play? It was an Easter play. And they got the front page of the Detroit Free Press. And they got all kind of publicity. They sold out all weekend for week for the Easter weekend. And it became a he became like a business mentor from that standpoint. Yeah. Because he knew a lot of people in the gospel industry. And that's really how ministry marketing started. And obviously, I didn't start the first five years and I get T.D. Jakes. It was a while. I think T.D. Jakes, I worked with him in 2007, Cindy Trim and Fred Price, 2008, nine. So it was a while before, but I did a lot of mistakes in between. Uh, But by the time I went to the point where I could have those stellar clients, but I just know that um, I had to sow in order to grow. And that's what you do at the beginning. And I I did that. What do you do with your emotions, though? Because I think if people, if we go back into our stories, yeah, right? Because we we have some similar things in our stories. Part of my story is losing a job um, 10 days after taking my family, three states, like 400 miles, and and relocating, losing a, a job that I had online, and then applying for jobs like you did, and nobody responding, and so ending up starting a company three kids under the age of five at that point right and so yeah yeah so so i so what do you do with your emotions when you're in the midst of that and you're you when when you can't see the certainty of the future but you know that you can't go back to to where you were what what do you do with your emotions how do you handle yeah, it's very humbling because at a certain point in th- time where you think you got it together and you really don't, you never have it together. You have to have enough faith for the step you're in and mm-hmm. and just really go with it from that. So I did a lot of reading and there were some books that I read, Dr. Miles Moreau's books and things like that, that ended up eventually becoming my clients. But they really did speak to like what is really going on when there are, when there's a discord, that means something is not lining up so you need to sit still to figure out Mm. what do you need to really bring to you or attract to you so that it does line up and so a lot of times there's a discord of jobs there's discord of this and that because you should be doing something else and so being sitting still and knowing that letting your heart lead you will Mm. do that i remember one day uh driving in the car and had those questions because it's the power of asking. And I had those questions like, what am I supposed to do? And I just had an a, a inkling to call a particular um, lady. Her name was Sandy Hermanoff. Hadn't talked mm-hmm. to her in a year. So it was just like, call her. And I called Sandy and said, hey, how you doing? Whatever. She said, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, actually, I'm looking for some opportunities to PR. What type of PR? I said, well, typically I'm working with ministries, but I'd like to work with maybe the African-American community. I was working with the African-American church, but that mm-hmm. seems to really not be working out. Do you have anything that I possibly could do to work with the African-American community here in Detroit? She says, well, you know what? We just landed the uh, McDonald's account for the black McDonald's owner operators. I'd like wow. you to come and work for them. Wow. She knew me from years past and so hadn't yeah. seen me in a while. And then she just so happened to have the black McDonald's owners operators. And I was a person that was a lead for that. Yeah. And that was that was driving in the car. 
and just asking like, what, what kind of, what type of clients would I be best suited for? What is my heart? And so yeah. with the black down owner operators, they did a lot of good in the hood. They did a lot of good yeah. in the hood and we promoted them and we had different ideas. We actually, that's where I had the idea of doing a magazine. I actually got one of the McDonald owner operators name is Ken Brown. He ended up being a, a speaker and an author. I helped him with his book. I got a lot of them on Tabitha Smiley show. I mean, so it was a good fit for me for that time, but I had to like slow down and ask like, what do I really want to do? What do yeah. I really want to do? I'm leading this yeah. life. So what do I really want to do? Like I was yeah. telling my daughter, I said, what is your best growth period? The growth usually comes when you have the failures. Yeah. I, tell, I didn't yeah. really want to tell her that, but that's really when it happened. <laughs> and she's yeah. pretty much had like a very simple life so far. I mean, she's worked, yeah. she's got another job, she's going to school. I mean, everything is kind of, but when you have those things in the road of like, okay, I don't want this. I do want this. You can yeah. only know that contrast by when there's some friction of when you're not feeling right or things happen. Um, yeah. So it's not always bad when bad things really happen because it's going to put you on the right road. Love no it. No one wants Love to it. hear I... that. No one wants to hear yeah. that, but it's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, I did some I did a similar live this morning talking about just that very thing. But I want to have you dig into something just a little bit. You you kind of skimmed by this thing where you said you have to understand what you want to bring to you or what you want to attract to you. And you just kind of mm -hmm. roll roll by that. And then you talked about asking yourself the question, what is it that you really want to to yeah. lean into? What did that look like for you? Was it just you sitting Ooh. down in a yeah, it was a car? list. Yeah, no, yeah. Was, tell us about that. List. It's a list. I still have that list to this day. And I shared wow. it with uh, one of my mentees. But mm. it's like, what are the things that I'm good at? And so you mm. ask yourself, you ask God, and you ask others. Those are the three things. So you ask yourself, you ask God, and you ask others. What are the things that you're good at? What are the mm. things you enjoy? What are the things people have paid you for? What was your last check from? Because <laughs> <Wow. laughs> yeah. you can like a lot of things, but will people pay you for that? So you have to make, I made this long list and it was like, okay, so looking at this list, is this a job? Is this a yeah. career? Am I like a community relations director? Am I like a public relations director? Where would it be? What are the top places maybe that I would like to work? And make a list of those 10, okay? I want to work here, here, here. Maybe I want to work for the African-American Museum. That did manifest. Maybe I want to work here because that did, you know, so you make a list or is it a career or, or is it a type of business? Okay, well, these are the things that I can do for these clients. These are the clients I'd love to work with. Write them down. What is it that they need and what can I provide? And it's really the listing. But once you have it laid out and you're really looking at it, and it's like, wow, I see that it's always something that has to do with this. There yeah. is that point. So now I can go, whether it's on LinkedIn or whatever, and go and have conversations with people and let them know that, hey, I just had a discovery about myself. I really think that I would be good at helping you put together uh, a easing, or I think I would really be good at helping you put together your campaign because now you have clarity, but I wrote down everything. And now it's not like I'm going to do everything, but you can see a pattern of what it is that you're good at. Writing was always at the very top. It was writing was always at the very top. That was one of the yeah. main things, communicating, uh, being really uh, interested and curious was a very big key. So being curious about people really helps me do the magazines, doing the mm -hmm. podcasts, doing the YouTube, you know, because I'm curious about people and liking people. So you really, you have to take that time to, I call it in my Ready, Set, Go, Speak program, that, that ready part about being yeah. really reflective. 
what it is that you're good at, what you love doing, what what it is that really makes you excited. Because everything that makes you excited, you're going to align with it. It'll it'll be attracted to you. So what really uh, aligns with me is really working with African-American people. So I've worked with nonprofits that always promoted African-American people, one being the African-American Museum. The other one was um, Detroit Area Agency on Aging, which was yeah. a you know, primarily in the city of Detroit. So you've got to know what it is. Now, you'll know, you'll have to know that because sometimes opportunities will come to you and people will ask you, do you want to do this? And you just can't say right. yes because it's going to write you a check because you'll fail. Right. You know, I remember someone right. says, well, can you work with a dentist? No. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah listen. I've worked so, with the orthodontist before and I, and yeah. you know, it what happened. I ended up working with the orthodontist and really helping him become more of a speaker because that wow. was, that was my bend. Yeah. Cause he would come to yeah. me for one thing, but it's the other thing is like, you know what, you really should speak more, speak to people mm-hmm. who really have career interests in this area. And, and yeah, he liked that, but that's not what he came to me for. So. Right. Right. Love it. Love it. Love it. Listen, so we're we're getting ready to wind down here, but I do want to get to a question here from the audience. Uh, Liz Keith is asking, how detailed should your list be? Is it enough to want to write for a magazine or should I literally say which magazine? Yeah. So it was categories. So my list was categories. So it was writing. What type of writing? Magazine writing, feature writing, newsletter writing. It was like all writing. So another category would be say, I loved uh, fundraising, right? So fundraising for what? Fundraising for health organizations or fundraising for black organizations? Because you could do fundraising for American Heart Association, Cancer Association, or is it for human interest type of things where it's like UNCF, which was one that I really liked, or is it for sororities and fraternities and things like that? You know, so I would have categories and then within it, what type of things were that I wanted to have in those categories. So right. my list was very detailed. Um, I said, I enjoyed magazines. What type of magazines? Not all magazines. I don't like National Ge- Geographic. So what type of <laughs> magazines? They were lifestyle magazines. They were primarily women magazines. They were inspirational magazines. So I just wrote down the type of things I liked. And then it's like, when I put that down, it's like, why? Why did I always love Essence Magazine? Why yeah. did I always love Ebony? Why did I always love Jet? Why? And so when you look at it, it's like, what? You know, there's a, why was it? Well, my magazine is like a Jet size and it's like an Ebony and a cross between yeah. the Black Enterprise. And then wow. some parts of it, like an Essence. You know, so you look at it because there's patterns of it, there's clues about yourself when you make the list. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the clues, it's like, oh, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Yeah. And if you don't see the pattern, then that's when you ask God and you ask others because you could ask yourself first and then you end up being confused and ask others and ask God. Love it. Love it. Pam. So we're wrapping up and I want to ask you two things. Number one, I want to ask you just to share a little bit about what you've got going on. I know you've got your ready, set, go speak program. I want you to share a little bit about that. And then finally, I want you just to give wrap that set, wrap that up with what advice or what lasting, uh, takeaway do you want to share or wisdom do you want to share with people as as we end as we wrap up today you know what i saw thank you i saw oprah just started a membership program i was so uh, excited i was like oh okay she's got her, her membership program so i have a membership program and i think oprah got that idea for me no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but ready set go speak is a membership program that helps people get ready set to go and speak speak yeah. on stages and superstar 
places, you know, in media. And so the whole program is really my whole career that is in a capsulated in a monthly program. Biweekly, they meet with me is part mentoring, part, um, you know, masterclass, part uh, marketing information. So it's really, a, a, I guess you would say it's a one all, you know, work with you type of a program. So I do things with you. I give you feedback. There's information in there and there's a brand accelerator course in there. So that's, that's what I have ready, set, go speak. And I felt it was needed because so many people were ready. They had the raw goods, but they didn't have the instruction and the strategy. So I have program Mm -hmm. managers like Sear Black and Kier that help with the group as well. And then they can have everything that they need is in there. They just have to do the work. It's not a magic pill, but it is a monthly membership where they have access to someone that's really going to show them step by step what to do if they want to be a speaker and they want to get in media places and on superstar stages. The one advice that I would give, Robert, is those that show up, go up, meaning like just show up. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. 90% of what life is about just showing up in your full power. That's yeah. it. Listen, you have an amazing story and I want people to go check you out. PamPerryPR.com, ReadySetGoSpeak.com, uh, SpeakersMagazine.net. You've got you've got yeah. a lot of different places that you can and connect with Pam. They're free. They they're can free actually magazines. download them for free. Yeah, they could download wow. them for free. Love now it. subscribe, subscribe for them, but they are actually free to read online. Love it's it. Online. Love it. Excellent. Listen, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. It's been fabulous. I mean, I'm I'm honored to be your friend and just to be able to oh. connect with you in this way. So thanks for hanging out with us today. Oh, hang hang for a little bit in the green room and, and we'll wrap up here in just in just a second. Hey, y'all, listen, that was a fabulous show with Pam Perry. So glad that you were able to join with us today. Listen. You heard it. You got a lot of stuff happening in your life, but you got to share it because you never know when your moment of realization becomes somebody else's moment of inspiration. You've got a story. And like I say all the time, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. Listen, join us next week for another fabulous episode. It's going to be on Monday the 12th of April at 1.30 p.m. We've got a real estate investor who's got an amazing story. His name's Bill Ryman. So make sure that you hang out with us and you join us next week, Monday, for another episode of What's My Story? How I Got From There to Here.